Hello, Kryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. Today's host will be Cryptolissa, and the guest speaker will be me, Blockchain John. With that said, let me go ahead and get this uh, disclaimer in before we get started as uh, Cryptolissa's third victim of the day. <laughs> disclaimer, this content <laughs> is for entertainment purposes only. Any comments made by the host or guest is not financial advice. With that said, Cryptolissa, it's all you. Yay. Thank you for being my third um, victim or volunteer, I should say. Volunteer. Um, so we always like to start our podcast off with an icebreaker. What is your favorite animal and why? Um, yeah, my favorite animal. I, I like I love dogs. Dogs has always been my thing. I think uh, dogs, for me, they have this ability to show emotions. So like I can connect with them to that level. Like, hey, you know, and I like to be able to, to teach them certain things right obviously you teach the the dog to be to be loyal or fetch a fetch a, a ball or just sit i like training training dogs it's it's like one of my passions i love when i can help a dog just learn something new so from from some from a dog that knows nothing to having the ability to now like this dog knows me this dog knows what i expect of it and when the dog obviously uh, accomplishes its task then it's rewarded with little treats and that's why I like dogs. Dogs are so fun. Little dogs, big dogs. I actually had a small dog. Actually, here's the story. Before crypto, way before crypto, I was young. I think uh, I had my first apartment. I had a small little uh, mini pincher dog. All right, it's a tiny little 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 dog. Um, and I lived out in the countryside. And my dog, I used to leave my dog in the backyard running around. And since we lived out in the countryside, uh, there's we don't have a uh, a backyard fence because it, it's just like an open it's an open field in the back right it just kind of views out to the open field but there is a joggers trail there so one day i was working on my car i was doing an oil change on my car and had my dog out and i remember while i was underneath my car but i didn't connect the dots at the time i remember i was i was doing uh, uh i was doing my oil change and i remember somebody calling my dog but you know i'm so busy doing my oil change underneath underneath the car that i'm not paying too much attention to my dog once I was uh, done doing my oil change, my dog was missing. My poor dog. And I looked. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I realized after I was done with my oil change, put my car down and I'm ready to call my dog in. And my dog was gone. My little dog. It was a tiny little dog, like the size of just my forearm. A tiny little dog. Fun. Super energetic. That dog was always running around everywhere. But since we have a trail in the back, a jogger's trail, people would always be walking around, jogging by, by well, cycling by. You know, and we have no offense. So the dog just kind of goes out there to the field as well and then comes back. Um, and, uh, yeah, his little, his name was Macho. Macho. My little Aww, dog. I'm such an animal. This breaks my heart. Yeah, I'm such I'm an so animal lover. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Why sure. are you trying to make me cry? Oh, no. <laughs> sorry. No. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's my story. My little dog, Macho, man. Yeah. Oh, so do you have a favorite breed or just any dog? I love boxers. I love boxers because they're so playful. Uh, I, I would like to have a boxer, uh, but I, I just don't have the place really to uh, to to house uh, a larger animal like that. But boxers are so playful. I don't know if you ever had a chance to really play with a boxer dog, but they're really they're really fun. No, I've just dealt with pit bulls, German shepherds, and chihuahuas. So. I, no, I've never really been around boxers. So that's an interesting fun fact. I had no idea. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you used to do before crypto? Before crypto, we're talking about uh, before 2010, because that's when I found out about crypto. So before 2010, I was... Uh, um, I was a, like a night auditor at a hotel and I was going to college in the daytime, right? Trying to, trying to, you know, get my education going. So that's the reason why I chose that job. I was the night clerk, which, you know, there's not much activity going on. Um, you just pretty much just tally up the numbers for the night. It's not that it doesn't take you all, all night to do that. Uh, but it gave me a lot of hours throughout the night to really study. So that's what I used to do before crypto. And I'll go to college and, and work at night. 
So, did you finish college? I, if so, what's your degree? I did not finish college, actually, no. I uh, I ended up uh, dropping out, yeah. Yeah, but my degree was going to be in uh, criminal justice with uh, with a uh, was it business administration. Interesting. So, what brought you into crypto? That's that's a good one. That's a good one. You ready for it? Okay. So, you remember how I said I was a night auditor? So at at that night oh. auditor, it was a hotel. It was a hotel. And we had our uh, our own in-house security there um, on the weekends. You know, right? So he would he came by one night and he's there like, you know, regularly. You know, and know the guy, but I didn't know how obsessed he was with 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 Bitcoin until one day he came up and he had to really just like pretty much evangelize in, in a very almost aggressive way. It was like almost psychotic because it's midnight and I got this guy. And he's Russian, by the way. He has a very like hard Russian accent. You know, um, I could I couldn't replicate that, but this guy was like yelling at me, like, "Hey, you you need to get into Bitcoin." And I have no idea what he's talking about at the time. You need to get into Bitcoin because the American dollar is going to going to fail. Actually, this had to be in two thousand nine. Yeah, it had to be into October two thousand nine. Now that I remember, yeah, because uh, he said because by the end of the year in twenty ten, the American dollar is going to collapse. It's true. It's true. You need to buy Bitcoin now because you're not going to have your money's going to be worthless. And he just kept ranting on and just like yelling at me, like almost with, with this attitude that I'm not I'm not getting it. And I'm looking at him like confused, like, what are you talking about, dude? I'm just just leave me alone. Let me study. I'm just sitting here just trying to read through my educational books. You know, let me do my thing. You do your thing. Bitcoin. I don't know what you're talking about. Unbeknownst, um, I really wish that he just, you know, showed me Satoshi's white paper because that's what really triggered things off. But uh, he didn't. He just kind of just shouted at me saying, you, you need to get away from the American dollar because it's going to collapse. Um, and yeah, that's that was the initial seed, but I still didn't really check into it until, until it slowly started jumping onto my radar over time. Started hearing the word Bitcoin, this, Bitcoin, that. Huh, what's, what's this Bitcoin, you know? So I kept looking a little more into it, like, okay, what's what's this, huh, Bitcoin? And that's when I got a hold of Satoshi's white paper, mm. and I read it for the first time. And it does talk about um, obviously the the peer to peer blockchain and the public ledger, and that's what fascinated me was the whole public ledger idea, not the fact that Bitcoin was worth uh, worth something, because at the time I, I think it was like sub like two hundred dollars at the time. But to me, it wasn't really the monetary value. It was the fact that there is a system that is detached from centralized banks. And it's trusted by decentralization and people all around the globe. Like, that's what blew my mind. Like, there's people out there that don't know each other, but is still doing comments with each other. Um, how is this even possible? It doesn't make any sense. Even after reading Satoshi's white paper for the first time, I had to read it multiple times to really sort of get a grasp of what it was. But even then, um, you don't truly become an expert at something unless you actually do it, right? You can read books and books and books forever and forever and forever, but unless you actually do it and get your hands, get the, get the actual you know hands-on and the skills going, you'll you'll never truly know what it is. So, I ended up purchasing my first Bitcoin. And uh, I think it was around like 2012. It, yeah, it took it took a couple of years for me to really just, you know, slowly, slowly look through uh, Bitcoin and small things jumping on my radar. Uh, but Bitcoin was uh, was fascinating to me at the time. This was before any anything ever really came out. There was nothing really there. I think Dogecoin was there, maybe, I think. Um, there was like Feathercoin. There was like, I think, Redcoin. There were there was smaller coins that don't even exist anymore. They're they're long gone. They're just they're on they're in the crypto graves right now. Um, so go ahead. how how did you buy your first Bitcoin? Uh, good, good question. Um, so my first Bitcoin, unbeknownst, uh, I bought it on this uh, a game that I've never in my life played before. It's not even a game. It's it's actually what we consider nowadays the metaverse. Right back then, I don't think they called it the metaverse. I think they just called it like a, a virtual, a virtual 
world. It was called Second Life. So in Second Life, so I did some research. I want to buy my, my, my I want to buy Bitcoin. And a lot of these links were telling me at the time, because there was no exchanges back then, really. They, they didn't exist, you know. So you either had to mine it or had to find someone that had it that's willing to do a, a, a trade with you. So one of the ways that you can do it was um, um, on on second uh, second life. So um, I think what I did was I had to connect my I had to purchase like one of those uh, in-game items from from Second Life using my, my PayPal account, and then um, I had to find somebody. I had to use my avatar, move around the uh, the Second Life uh, metaverse, and find somebody out there. I had a message around to the community. Hey, anybody out here? Uh, considering selling some Bitcoin, I'm I'm around uh, with some monies. If you want to, if you want to, uh, if you want to do a quick swap, and somebody approached me, I don't know these people, right? They're approaching me like, yeah, I'll take the cash. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I want to buy this Bitcoins. Let's let's see how many Bitcoins I can get with this, right? And I think uh, my first transaction was like twenty dollars, right? And I I bought it. I I gave him whatever in-game item it was. Um, I I think it was in-game tokens that they had. And he sent me, I had a wallet, a mobile wallet um, that I gave him my, my public address. And he sent me the tokens to, uh, he sent me the Bitcoins to my, to my wallet. And that was like the, 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 the moment I said, oh my goodness, it's actually in my wallet. There's $20 worth of, of Bitcoin sitting in my phone right now or, you know, uh, on the ledger. I can see it. This is crazy. This is real. Yeah. I don't even know these people, but I just did. I just did a trade, huh? That's pretty cool. I need to look more. And of course, the next step is I want to learn what mining is. So, do you consider yourself a miner? Uh, not right now. Not right now. I think in the early days, uh, when I was tinkering with it, I was just so fascinated with the technology that I wanted to see it. Uh, actually, it. it I wanted to I wanted to learn how to make it work because keep in mind that when when I got into it I knew nothing about coding nothing about developing I don't have any of that kind of uh, skills or experience at all all I knew at the time prior to all this was literally how to turn on and off my computer and how to get onto the internet that was it that was it you know I knew in no command lines nothing. interesting so uh, interesting yeah so then I said okay let me buy my first miner which uh, at the time, I think my first ones were small little um, grid grid seeds. They're small little like wheels. Um, and I bought a, a few of those. I think I bought like four of them. I think they were selling them for like 20 or 40. I think they were $40 a pop. Uh, so I bought like four of those and uh, tinkered with code for the first time ever. I spent countless nights trying to make this thing work because I knew nothing, nothing about code. And trial and error over and over again, trying to download software, trying to trying to change the uh, the config file, like all this stuff back in the days. I didn't know any of this. I'm just trying to follow these step by step guides that were so horrible. They were garbage back then. Nowadays, everybody's spoiled. I mean, you can watch a YouTube tutorial and you can follow that step by step. Back then, it, it, that really didn't exist. You had to like read through through some hard hard step by step lessons. It was, ugh, ugh. But I got it. And the first time it turned alive, I started mining. I was like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe it works. It works. I'm mining on the pool. Interesting. I I didn't even know that about you. Um, so besides mining, what have you done anything else? Yeah, actually, so the, the the rabbit hole just went deeper and deeper, right? So I downloaded the blockchain uh, core core wallet, and that filled up my computer pretty quick. But I had a chance to at least tinker with it. Uh, nowadays, I wouldn't even dare try to do that on my computer. Now I would have to buy like a, uh, a two terabyte external hard drive, and uh, maybe like a Raspberry Pi, and 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 do that separately, and not touch my my computer because that's there's so much data now on the, on the bitcoin blockchain it's unbelievable um but i downloaded it i got a, a chance to really look at it and tinker with it a little bit and uh then after that then i got into um after i started mining my my, my bitcoin and, and 
Now, what do I do with it? I have Bitcoin in my wallet. What do I do with it? So I got into exchange exchanges and day trading. And yeah, that wasn't a fun experience at all. Mm -mm -mm. I tried a few different exchanges. Um, I don't think they're even um, available in the U.S. anymore. But back then, uh, the regulation was a lot less restrictive as it is now. Um, and there was a lot of uh, exchanges here in the U.S. that I was using. And I was day trading. I was buying crypto, selling crypto, using my Bitcoin and trying to, you know, sell at the bottom, buy at the top. But unbeknownst to me, not being any kind of expert in trading, I was always uh, s selling at the bottom and, and buying at the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was not a fun experience. I lost a lot there. Um, and then after that, I got into cloud mining. You know what cloud mining is? How what is cloud mining? Cloud mining. What is, is it? Cloud mining is not a thing that exists anymore, but it's something that um, early, in the early days people had to had the opportunity to um, buy contracts from companies that hold the hardware, and you just pretty much pay them in fiat, and they'll mine the crypto of your choice into your wallet. So you pay them what forty, fifty, hundred dollars. And they'll set you for a three, six, or twelve-month contract, and um, that that miner will keep going and going. You'll 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 buy a certain amount of hash power, and for the duration of your contract, you'll have that remain that that hash power mining um, until the end of your your contract. And so while I was mining uh, on on the cloud, right uh, through a company, which means that I didn't have the hardware, which is awesome because what if it broke down? You know, if it breaks down to them, whatever, that's on them. I paid for my contract. You know, they still owe me all this. Keep it going. But if it happened to me, I got to come home. And you know this from experience, right? When, when, when a miner goes down, you have to invest a lot of time to get the miner back up and going. No, with cloud mining, there's obviously they have a fee as, associated with it. But with cloud mining, I don't have to worry about that. You know, let the company deal with that. All I have to worry about is just opening up my wallet and making sure that it's the, uh, the coins are deposited. That's it. That was nice. But unbeknownst to just about everybody in the early days was that um, you weren't really getting paid, uh, paid out properly. And they were taking a lot of cuts. Um, and yeah, but regardless, in the end, I think if anybody held on to that, that, those coins that they mined, of course, by now, they would have made a lot more money than their initial investment. So I, in the end, it paid out. But at the time, of it happening, it was garbage because you were only getting paid uh, like 30% of your actual investment. It was it was horrible at the time. So if you're trying to make income right there on the spot, it wasn't happening with cloud mining. Mm -mm. So were you doing that for Bitcoin or other cryptos? I did uh, Bitcoin, Light, uh, Litecoin. Uh, yeah, I think it was just Bitcoin and Litecoin um, at the time. Those are my two contracts. So it was a SHA-256 contract and a script contract. Interesting. Very interesting. I, I had no idea what cloud mining was, or I'd never even heard the term of it. So when you said that, I was like, what is cloud mining? <laughs> yeah, it's no longer a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, obviously Bitcoin is the number one cryptocurrency that most everybody knows and and second most known cryptocurrency is ethereum um do you own ethereum or do you obviously because you were early to the cryptocurrency spectrum right mm -hmm. um i would think you would have ethereum so um actually i got into the ethereum ico at the time yeah that's how early i was i was literally there on day one um let me uh let me backtrack a little bit um i don't want to miss this little this little nugget here before i got into ethereum um ethereum was a proposal by vitalik buterin and um at the time there was a lot of buzz about this kid i think he was i think 18 at the time 17 or 18 at the time and I remember, and I, by this time, I'm already deep into crypto, and I'm seeing this kid on YouTube, and a lot of people are talking about him. And usually, somebody that young, 
looking for investment, like an ICO. And at the time, nobody really knew what an ICO, ICO was. But he's looking for fundraising from a lot of these big suits. And we're talking about a lot of wealthy money. And I, I kept watching these interviews with him. And I'm like, how is this scrawny kid, you know, having these billionaires surrounding him in these suits and ties? And they're all so disciplined around him, so hush-hush. They're not saying a word. They're letting him speak his mind. And his, his the stuff that he's speaking of is not like like general English. It's hard code stuff. Like you need to know code to know what he's talking about. But these investors didn't really care. They just want to be next to him in their suit and tie to buy whatever he's selling because they believe in this kid. And this is we, Ethereum's not even out yet. It's just an idea. It's a white paper. That's all it is. But they're willing to throw millions and millions of dollars at it. It's crazy. It's crazy. So when I saw that, I go, this kid probably has something. So uh, that's when I picked up um, the Ethereum white paper and read through that. And when I when I saw the EVM, the Ethereum virtual machine, and at that time, nothing out, there was nothing out there like it, right? So when I read that, I was like, whoa, this is literally, and now what we call it is, is, uh, is Web 3.0. But at the time, I was like, whoa, this is like a decentralized internet. You know, the EVM literally is the internet. And the websites, like on the, on the internet, the websites that you use are pretty much like the smart contracts that are being built on top of the EVM. This is what I was reading on, on, on the white paper. It's like, this is literally everything is going to be decentralized. This is crazy. I need to get into this. So uh, I looked into it. They were having an ICO coming out. And I said, I need to, I need to get, uh, get in there. I need to do that. Unbeknownst, um, I not only invested my money, my fiat in, in cloud, uh, cloud mining. I also invested my, I also fronted my, um, my crypto for staking. Uh, there was, you know, or earning interest. So those are locked in. And this was literally like my contract was about to end, but the, but the ICO was coming out. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, I want to be like the first ones to get it. Right. So when it when the ICO came out, it came out literally at three cents. I was like, oh, no, I got to get in there quick. But my money's stuck in here. I can't do anything. My fiat, my crypto is all stuck in a contract. Lesson learned, you know, not your keys, not your coins. Right. So they're all stuck there, and the contract wasn't going to end until like that weekend, and it it was like a beautiful thing because it pretty much just went sideways and then skyrocketed. It went sideways for a couple of days. Uh, well, so, so, well, technically from three cents, and then it jumped up to like twenty five, then thirty cents, and then from thirty cents it went sideways for a couple of days, and that's where I got in around thirty cents, and I bought as much as I could. That's pretty much where I flipped out of Bitcoin and switched everything over to Ethereum. And was very happy at the time because it only went higher and higher after that. So I capitalized on a lot on, on Ethereum. Um, yeah. That's my Ethereum adventure. So do you, do you regret getting out of Ethereum? Um, let's, let's do Bitcoin. Do I, do I regret getting out, of, getting out of Bitcoin? Yes. I regret getting out of Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, sorry, Ethereum, yes, 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 yes. I regret pretty much dumping any coins. I should have held on to every coin that I invested into, every single one of them. You know? Even the ones that aren't popular now, or I still would have made uh, you know, a good 50x off of that instead of a 4x or a 10x. You know? um, obviously, I still made money off of it, but it could have been a lot better. Um, so... After now, you know, Ethereum is the big boom and people are learning what uh, Solidity uh, language is and people are developing stuff. Now it's decentralized. Everybody out there here in the Silicon Valley is jumping into crypto and developing uh, platforms, you know, um, for for the EVM, for the Ethereum virtual machine. And that's where I have the opportunity to go to meetups. These meetups are so fun. I went to so many Ethereum, uh, Ethereum meetups. It got to the point that uh, my face started to become familiar at these meetups. And I'm just a sideliner. I'm just, I'm not a coder. I'm not a developer. I'm just sitting there around all these developers, all these these geeks and nerds that are just talking code, not knowing what they're talking about. But um, I'm slowly picking up words here and there. You know, these are free events. So I'll just sit in there and just listen to them talk. And uh, it got to the point that I noticed that 
in order for them to really get to the public, you know, public uh, attention, they need to speak in general terms, not in developers' terms. And I think uh, I think we've had this conversation uh, in the past that a lot of developers don't really have um, good communication skills when it comes to interacting with the public. They can talk development. They can definitely talk about all kinds of stuff in development. But when it comes to the general people, they didn't know how to really do that. So as these developers are trying to really get the attention of the general public, they're asking for anybody that wants to help um, expand these meetups and maybe host events. And of course, that's where I stepped in. At that time, I already have a Facebook with uh, a few, I think almost like 10,000 uh, followers in my channel, which was at the time, Cryptocurrency Chat. And I did a lot of things. I was always sharing uh, news articles there. And this is early. I think we're talking about 2014, 2015. I think 15, 2015. Um, and I did a lot of uh, communications through there with my, my group there. And now I had the opportunity to come out here and start hosting these meetups. And I loved it. I loved to get on the stage. I loved introducing people. Not still, still, keep in mind, still, I still don't know when it comes to development, what they're really talking about. My job was just to go on, on stage and say, hello, everybody. Welcome to this Ethereum meetup. Today's, today's uh, speaker is so-and-so, and they're going to talk about so-and-so. Welcome to the stage. And then everybody would applaud. Da, 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 da. If you have any questions, please be respectful and raise your hand. And when our speaker is ready to, uh, to ask, uh, ask for your question, uh, he will ask you. Okay, and that's pretty much my, my my job, but it allowed me to stay within this network and just learn more about what uh, Ethereum was, and that's when I got the privilege to invest into a lot of uh, ICOs, which is interesting because I was thinking about this the other day. ICOs were I, I was literally paying people's I was paying for people's thoughts. That's crazy. I'm literally throwing thousands of dollars for people's thoughts. Like it's not real. It doesn't exist. People show up and go on the stage and go, I have a thought, and I think this will be successful. It doesn't exist. It's only a thought. And everyone's like, yes, here, take my money, take my money, I like your thought. And I'm there just like a dummy, just like everybody else. Yes, take my money too, take it, take it, take it. You know, <laughs> make, the, make, the, what was it? Make, make the money go burr, burr. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um so obviously you had a, a facebook uh that you said had several thousand followers um what made you dive into doing podcasts um i think i think it was just a transition from everything so um just from one transition transition to the next so after facebook i actually got banned off of facebook yeah mm-hmm Really? Why? Because it's a centralized company and they don't like me. They don't like crypto. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I'm joking. No, no. I think it's it's a dumb reason, but uh, it is what it is. I think um, I was was, uh, streaming, I was live streaming the the, the World Cup, (laughs) the the FIFA World Cup, and uh, Facebook didn't like that, so they permanently banned me. Yeah, don't ever ever live stream the FIFA World Cup. And I lost everything, everything, all my photos, oh, no. all, my, all my contacts, everybody that I had, all my networks that I had there, you know, my group, it's all, it was all just vaporized. Wow. Centralized. Mm. Mm. And keep in mind that it wasn't a person that pushed that button. It was a bot. The bot saw that I was live streaming and they said, okay, you're live streaming the game. We can hear it. We can see it. And the bot says, goodbye delete everything oh no oh no so i took i took i took a step back out of public view and i just focused on myself on my on my crypto journey um you know in secret um still continue to 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 mine um and and buy more crypto with fiat just just buying little little chunks at a time and um, it was during the last happening on, I believe it was May 11th, uh, 2020, no, 2019. I already forget when the happening was. My first episode was on, on the on Bitcoin happening. 
Um, I think it was 2019, right? 2019? I, I don't know. I'm not big on Bitcoin. I couldn't tell you. I think it was May 11th, 2019 was my first episode. I have to look back on, on my podcast. But I, I purposely wanted to be a part of that historical moment. So I recorded my first podcast episode. And if you go back uh, on the podcast, you'll see like there's 365 episodes. If you go back to day one, all I'm talking about is just the Bitcoin blockchain and, and, and the happening. That's historic. That's never going to come again. That's already gone. We, you know, that's crazy. That's crazy. Now we're here with 365 episodes down the pipeline. Um, and it's been a roller coaster up and down. Through, through those moments where I'm literally in the early days. And I'm talking about uh, like around 2012. And the reason why I didn't dive deeper into crypto sooner in 2012, because there was a lot of um, stigma associated with Bitcoin at the time. And um, I wanted to dive deeper at the time, but the stigma kind of, you know, shunned me away a little bit. And so I would just poke at it from time to time, just check things out. And that's why from 2010 to 2012, I really didn't do much. I was just tinkering with it because the stigma was more like if you, ha if you have Bitcoin, you're a criminal. You are a terrorist. You are a rapist. You are a drug dealer. You know, this is all bad stuff. And I don't want to be really associated with that. So I kept that more or less a secret at that time because I was more or less scared for my, scared for my life. Because if you, ha if you held any of this, you're a criminal. And you know what happens to criminals? They go to jail. I don't want to go to jail for holding Bitcoin. Like that's that's that was the bad stigma. I mean, we had Silk uh, Mountain Gox went down for corruption or for 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 a hack, should I say? And then um, Silk Road for for dealing drugs. That was that was a bad one. Um, and you know, people are literally getting robbed in the streets for their phones that have their private keys with them, you know, or, or somebody would go up and do like a fiat to crypto trade out in the back alley. Like, why would you do that? You know, this, these news articles would pop up like, uh, you know, somebody gets shot for, for, uh, uh, buying crypto in an alley, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you don't do that. That's horrible. I had no idea about the stigma behind that, but. I was also a sophomore in high school in 2000. No, I was a junior in high school in 2012. Yeah. That kind of tells you how, how young I am. Yeah. Um, so I met you through Ravencoin and, and the, the Ravencoin community. Mm -hmm. And um, can you tell us a little bit about your involvement in the community and um, kind of what you believe in Ravencoin? Mm, yeah, so I think it was about a little over a year that I got into uh, Ravencoin, and Ravencoin was um, introduced by ah, I'm forgetting his name. Um, he has that little Shiba dog. I always forget his name. He's on YouTube. Uh, he talks about crypto stuff all the time. Uh, oh, Voss. Yeah, Voss. Voss coin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that yeah. dude was always pushing out videos about this Ravencoin, Ravencoin, Ravencoin. I was like, what? I don't really want to get into another project. I'm good with what I have. I'm fine with it. But he kept talking about how easy it was to mine and how you can create NFTs. And, I, you know, this is well, actually. Was there NFTs when he first talked about it? I don't remember now. It was anyways, mining. No. Mine, mine, yeah, mining was the, the thing. So he kept talking about that. So I said, OK, fine. Let me jump over here. Not that I was still mining at the time. I was still just buying uh, crypto with my fiat. So I really didn't have. A Jeep. I mean, I have my small little rig here, but that wasn't mining much. So I'm already having this expectation that I'm not going to mine anything here. So I said, okay, let me let me try it out. I downloaded the QT and uh, started mining. And it was actually profitable. I was like really surprised. Like, wow, uh, this is actually real. This computer that is almost a decade old is still mining Ravencoin. That's pretty cool. And that's where I got stuck with it. I jumped into uh, into the community and I started talking with them, and um, that's where I, that's when I became aware of NFTs. And the rabbit hole and got deeper. You know, if it, from one thing to another, it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And then I learned about IPFS. I learned how to build um, my own IPFS node that I still host in my on my computer, um, and all these different projects that are out there. The community is the number one thing that. 
uh, that kept me uh, in Ravencoin. It's the appreciation for one another that's in that community that is, there's no comparison to any other chain out there. All the other chains that I tried uh, networking with, it's more like they, they shun you. And, you know, hey, I'm human, man. I have feelings. That hurts my feelings when, when you're talked down to. You know, oh, you don't know what this is about? I oh, get out of here. Unbeknownst to them that I've probably been in crypto far longer than the masses. You know, it's a new project. Yes, let me learn about it. Let me jump in. Let me ask a couple of questions. What's this about? Ah, oh, you know, you're already too late. It's like, dude, you, you just barely came out. I just want to learn what's going on. It's like, ah, oh, no, no, you're a waste of time. So, yeah. But Ravencoin, I never had that that feeling. People are always always willing to answer questions, always willing to help out. And it's always been that that way. Even today, even today, there's still I get to sit on the sidelines and watch new people come into into uh, Ravencoin and ask those same questions that I asked when I first joined. And still, to this day, the community out there is still willing to answer that same question a thousand times over. Even Tron said that. I think uh, there was a recent interview that you guys had on Twitter Spaces that he said the same thing, that he'll answer the same question a thousand times if it brings new people to the to the community because that's what he wants. He wants to build this whole uh, decentralized network. More community is, is awesome. We want that. It continues to grow, man. This is awesome. I like it. I like Ravencoin. So would you say it's your favorite cryptocurrency? Uh, yeah, as of, as of right now, um, I, I say it's my favorite because it's the easiest one that I've been able to adopt and use. You know, it's not difficult. It's not rocket science. You can download the QT. You can do I, two things. If you want to be truly decentralized, download the QT, download your own IPFS node, and you don't have to use a centralized uh, or not a centralized. Well, you don't have to use an intermediary, inter, intermediary company, right? Um, you can do it all yourself. That's how easy it is. Two things, right? QT and IPFS node. That's it. Good to go. Um, so, so, so if you don't want to download the QT and you don't want to run an IPFS node, for somebody like me who has zero coding experience or zero, you know, knowledge of any kind of cryptocurrency, um, what what is the more user-friendly option. Well, of course, there's there's Mango Farms. Mango Farms is one of the easiest wallets out there that you can download. It's a light client wallet. So what that means is that you don't have to download the entire chain. Uh, and it's pretty cool the way it works. So uh, Mango, Farm, Mango Farms, what, they, what they've been able to do is locally on their network, on their, on their hard drives, they, they've been able to download the entire chain and then port that data through a portal, let's just say a portal, right? Through that portal, there is an encryption file that blocks any sort of access to sensitive information, such as your username, your, your password, your, your private keys, or, or any kind of data that is being held onto your wallet directly, right? So that's what's pretty cool on the, on the front end, that all the stuff that you see on your wallet is technically encrypted, so Mango Farms doesn't actually see that. Oh, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That's one of the reasons. I mean, I have the core wallet, but I also deal with Mango Farms because it's easy and user friendly. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, thank you for that plug. That's what I wanted you to say. Yeah. Well, it's not <laughs> the only wallet that I use, though. I do. So I so I use Mango Farms. I do use uh, the QT. The QT is probably my primary. My my mobile wallet is either going to be Mango Farms or Zellcore. Uh, Zellcore is not perfect. There's still some some bugs that need to be fixed out, but I do like the fact that it is one of the wallets out there that is a multi-coin wallet, and it does have Ravencoin slash Asset Aware, and that's the biggest plus why I like uh, uh, Zellcore wallet. You know, multi-coins, which means you can have uh, uh, big uh, like our coin tree here. Uh, what do we have? All this is provided by by uh, Zellcore. Where are we at? Zellcor, where is it at? There it is. Ah, Why is, oh, it's over here. Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, Raven, Asset Aware, Bat, Litecoin, Flux, Monero, USDC, GUSD, Dai, Dogecoin, SNX, Cake, Cell, Stellar, Matic, and there's a ton more coins that you can add to there. Um, and those are all just from uh, from Zellcor. Obviously, you do see that that's, there's Raven, Raven, Asset Aware there. So that's why I like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So where do you see crypto going in the next, say, five, ten years? Uh, three to five, ten. Oh, man. Um, one thing's for sure that's un, uh, un, uh, unavoidable is that there's going to be more regulation, more taxation on crypto. That's unavoidable. It's going to happen. Um, the reason I say that is because um, lawmakers actually, it takes them years in order to push out a new law. So they still haven't even caught up with ICOs, really. I mean, ICOs has already come and has already gone in the crypto space, but lawmakers still hasn't really even pushed out law t against that. You know, the next phase is NFTs. Forget about it. They're still trying to think about uh, ICOs. You know, now we're moving to the NFT era. You know, that's the, the next phase that we're dealing with right now. There's no laws or regulations on that. But trust me, in the future, there will be. And then we're transitioning into the metaverse. There's going to be taxation on that as well. I mean, that's uh, unavoidable. That's the dark truth that's happening in the future, in my opinion. Now, the awesome thing that I like about what's what I believe is going to happen in crypto is that it's going to continue to expand. There's going to be more mass adoption. There's going to be more corporations getting involved in it because, in my opinion, once you read Satoshi's white paper, the, I think the genesis of all this, of all crypto, you read it, and it's only, like I think, like 11 pages. It's pretty short. You read through it. You roughly understand what it is then jump over to other chains and read their white papers and you truly start to understand what decentralization is and why it's going to benefit companies and cut out that middleman everybody's going to be jumping over to that you know as of right now like right now i can create my company on the ravencoin blockchain and only pay what what's what's 50 50 bucks 50 bucks to create a main asset maybe another 10 bucks to create a few coins or assets so under a hundred dollars i can create a company that is instant, it's all around the world, it's on the chain, and I don't have any middleman. It's just me and my clients for under 100 bucks. That's unbelievable to think about, you know? It's crazy. And it's all public. And it's public. And, right? and, it's, which I don't, and it's publicly. I, 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 which I'm, I'm going to kind of just say I don't really like that 100%. Say, for example, that I want things to be private. I want to have that option to be able to privatize some of my transactions. Say, for example, I'm going to go to a, um, a a medical appointment. I don't want the blockchain to know that I'm going to a medical appointment that has my public my my medical records on file, where I'm going to show my doctor that um, I'm going I'm going to. Obviously, uh, it's in, it's encrypted and it, it allows me um, the proprietary rights to show my doctor exactly what my doctor needs to see. They don't need to have all my files. They just need to see what uh, what they're asking for. And since I am the custodial holder of all my information, I have the choice to, to show them whatever they, whatever they request or whatever I want to show them, right? I don't need the blockchain to know all that. No, they don't need to know that stuff. They don't need to know how much I paid my doctor if I have medication. The, the, the blockchain doesn't need to know that, you know? What if I go to Walmart, you know, or I go to Target, you know, or I go to Subway, um, or get some tacos. I love tacos. Or I go to the taco store and I'll get some taco or taco truck. I got to help the taco truck. I don't want to know how many, how many uh, tacos I purchased. I don't want that to be on the blockchain. You guys don't need to know that I ate 10 tacos, man. That's crazy. That's, <laughs> exactly. So you're laughing about it. Somebody out there is going to laugh about that when they see that on the, in the, in the blockchain. That's like, come on, man. You guys don't need to know that. You see what I'm saying? So there's so got to be some you... stuff private. Well, of course, there's got to be some stuff private, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, do you think that privacy could be built in to potentially a fork? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, when it comes to Ravencoin, which we're talking about, I think uh, P2SH does have the ability to um, add, um, like, jeez, um, um, I'm I'm forgetting forgetting what it is. Um, restricted assets not restricted assets no i'm talking about another another um uh, update i think it's uh i'm throwing this out there taproot taproot i think is I think it is or snore signatures bulletproof for sure it's bulletproof these are all protocols that are built on 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 bitcoin blockchain but uh, since ravencoin is a fork of of bitcoin those protocols can easily be integrated not easily but can be integrated into the ravencoin blockchain and what those do gives you the option, like right now with with Litecoin, 
you have Mimbo Wimble. That's what it is. Mimbo Wimble. Mimbo Wimble gives you the option to obscure, obscure your transactions or keep those transactions public. Those are pretty cool. That's a pretty cool feature, which means that, say, for example, like I said, I go to my doctor. Well, this particular transaction, people don't need to know what I'm doing there. I'm, you know, I'm just going to go visit my doctor. All they see on the blockchain is that uh, a transaction has occurred. You know, John created a transaction. That's it. Transaction. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's it. You know. Now, obviously, if you track the transaction uh, without it being obscured, you can see that this transaction has been completed with my doctor, and then the doctor has records on file. Uh, they're at the office that hey, I you know I, I I had a broken leg, and I needed medication for my for uh, for pain or whatever. You know, not that I have a broken leg or anything, but. That's that stuff is like I, that doesn't need to be on the blockchain. You know, I went to the taco truck and, you know, there was uh, a bad crime that happened down the street. Now that the, since it's on the public blockchain now, all, all of a sudden I'm a suspect because I was there at that time. It's like, no, 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 man. Leave that alone, man. I don't want to be associated with that. You know, I didn't see nothing, man. East, East Side Tacos yeah. are the best, by the way. I love tacos. I, I'm a I'm a full blown taco lover over here. So I, any good taco truck, I'm there. I'm super super there. But yeah, uh, privacy, man. Privacy on the blockchain, I think, is a big thing, man, for sure. So, when you first started in crypto, did you ever see NFTs becoming as big as they are now? Mm, no, to be honest, no, no. Um, let me see. My first NFT I'm trying to think about was it was on Ethereum, and it was um, what was it? I think they were like little fairies, like Axie Infinities or um, or uh, Ethereumon. So back in the days, there was this this project. It, it still exists. They just rebranded from Ethereumon. You know, Ether Emon, Ethereumon. And they've rebranded uh, to Ethermon. And that still exists. That's still rolling hot right now. That's pretty much... I like Pokemon. I don't know if you guys like Pokemon. I love Pokemon. Um, so when I heard about Ethermon, which is pretty much like a... Um, a sort of like a spinoff. You know, its own version of Pokemon. But on the Ethereum blockchain. So I'm literally owning my own monsters on the blockchain. So those were my NFTs. I still have a lot of those. They're worth... I don't know how much they're worth, but I'm sure they're worth something. But I can't do anything because, you know, Ethereum and smart contracts and transaction fees are pretty darn expensive. So mm, we'll see what happens when uh, proof of stake comes out. We'll see. So uh, is it safe to say that you you're not liking the whole gas fee with Ethereum, oh, and I, that's kind I of how it. you're sticking with Raven? I hate it. Yeah. So I I, I pretty much abandoned Ethereum. And I don't do anything now. Absolutely zero. So in the early days, what I did like about Ethereum was that when I was playing Ethermon, I was literally paying, you know, uh, anywhere between uh, three to seven cents a transaction. You know, that was pretty cool. I love that because while I was battling, every time you battled, uh, there would be a transaction fee associated with that. And you need to be able to battle in order to upgrade your Mon or, or evolve him to the next stage. So you need to gain this XP. So every time you battled, you would have to pay a transaction fee. So three cents here, three cents there. Not bad. I had fun. It was great. But now, nowadays, that same transaction is going to cost you, you know, $30. It's crazy. Crazy. I'm not doing that. Nobody's doing that. Yeah. Um, so I. So it's safe to say you like Ravencoin I, NFTs? I like Ravencoin, but they say there's still no game out there yet. Dot, dot, dot. I'm sure there's going to be one being developed soon. Um, so for the most part, what I use is uh, Raven and BNB. Those are my two uh, two coins uh, that I use quite regularly. Now I do hold a lot of coins, and I have the majority of them staked on the Celsius network, or not staked. They're lending. They're lending my coins. Uh, uh, you know, loaning loaning my coins on the Celsius network. And uh, I've pretty much been there in the early days, and have been there ever since. And I've had no issues with them. I'm earning interest every single Monday. It has not failed. Um, after all these years, it has not failed. I receive my payout every Monday morning. So when I wake up, get ready to go to work, instead of frowning about going to work, I look at my phone and ching, there's my crypto paid out. Crypto, crypto on crypto interest, love it. So yeah, I have a lot of a lot so, of coins. So, so would you like to make crypto and like 
the podcast is your end goal to do that full time and quit your normal nine to five? Um, I, I love talking about crypto. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I would not mind it at all, for sure. Um, there's obviously a lot more to do than just talking about crypto. Um, you can obviously develop, you can help other projects, you can help start up businesses. You can just be a person that just, just, just gets the ball rolling. So yeah, I would love to be in the crypto space full time. That's, that would be one of my, my goals. You know, I hope that in 2022, that's like something that I can really just flip the switch and say, Hey, I'm going to jump into crypto full time as of right now, that's not happening, but I am building a brand and you are part of that brand with C3 media. And I hope that C3 media here in the near future does become an actual um, a global brand. You know, I say global brand because we are reaching nearly, um, I want to say like 100 nations right now on the podcast. So it's growing. It's growing. That's great. 100 nations. I mean, crypto is worldwide, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it's great that I think, you know, so many cryptocurrencies are kind of um, a second opportunity for people in life. And, um, you know, that's part of the reason why I joined crypto um, was because I saw it as, as a second opportunity. Um, but circling back to NFTs, do you have your own NFT? And if so, can you talk a little bit about oh. it? Oh, okay. Um, let's see here. Um, there's a C3 coin that uh, I did create. And that's pretty much a gift coin that is, um, it's an asset coin on, on the Ravencoin blockchain that's uh, pretty much gifted. And I'm, I'm sorry, CryptoList, I have not given you some yet, even though you've been on a few episodes. So these coins, these coins <laughs> that I created were, uh, are meant as gift coins for um, all my guest speakers that are on the podcast. Um, and for every minute that they're on the podcast, they received one C3, uh, C3 Media coin as a gift for just being on the podcast. So... Uh, I've, I've dropped the ball a little bit on that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little behind, but I am slowly catching up. So when it's your time, Lisa, tr- you'll, you'll get them. Don't worry. I will ask for your address when it's your time. Um, another, <laughs> another one, uh, let's see, there's a Ravencoin torch that I have, um, that is coming out during the Ravencoin happening, which is coming up in, what is it? Like, uh, 12 days. I think it's like in 12 days, right? Jesus. Yeah. Like January crazy. 11th. Ugh, yeah. My goodness. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we got the Ravencoin uh, torch that is uh, a pretty cool concept. It was actually not my my idea. It's something that I found digging through uh, through uh, to the Ravencoin Discord server and saw what other people were doing. And this was a project that uh, didn't quite really get off um, get off its feet the way it was envisioned. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with it wasn't really tracked the way it should have. It was kind of just thrown out there and just see what would happen with it. Uh, but this time around, now that I recreated the, the Ravencoin torch, the idea is that um, I created 1 million of these Ravencoin torch, which are assets on the Ravencoin blockchain. You got to have an asset aware uh, address. I will start off with the million, which I have them, and I will send out 999,999 to the next person, right? And I'll make sure that I document that. I created a channel here in uh, in Discord that is called the Ravencoin Torch. And I would have to say, for example, you're the second, you're the next person I'm sending it to, Lisa. I would have to get your address, get your name, and just push it there. So I would say sending to CryptoLissa, and then there's your address. So that on the blockchain, we can see where it's at, where it's sitting at. Because the last one, nobody knows where, where it went. It kind of just, just got lost. And it's no longer moving. It's just, it's, a, it's dead. Uh, the goal here is that we can keep track of it and keep it moving um, across the world. I want to see this torch go everywhere, you know, and everybody has an opportunity to get one coin out of that, right? So there's a million of them. You keep one, then you send out the 999,998 to the next wallet, and then so on and so forth, and just let it travel. I want to see this thing succeed, uh, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, there's a bunch of bunch of more assets that I've created um, that uh, I created my book. That's another one. That's uh, probably my, my biggest my biggest one that I'm actually really, really proud of. Um, one is that I'm actually now, you know, I'm forever on the blockchain. My book is forever on the blockchain. Wow, that's crazy. You know, I've uh, I've sold my books on on um, Amazon 
but I didn't get that many sales. It was really disappointing. It was sad. It was more of a just, just sitting there. It's sad. But now that I minted it on, on the Ravencoin blockchain, man, as of right now, since we've been speaking, no joke, Lissa, I've already sold two books. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Buy yeah. John's book. Buy my book. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It just it doesn't stop. These books keep selling, keep selling, and keep selling. And I only created a million, and I only want to really sell a million. Um, it is for transparency. It is still a um, what's what's the word? Um, where you can add more more books to it. It's um, oh reissuable. Yeah, reissuable. That's right. Yeah, reissuable. But as of right now, I want to sell just one million. I'll be happy with that if I can sell one million. That's like a, a goal of mine. It's just sell them. Cool. You know, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And there's a bunch more that I'm creating. There's a bunch more. I created a C3 Media Raven, a Rainbow Rainbow Token, which is another giveaway that we're doing here in Discord server. We got so much stuff going on. It's crazy. You know, uh, we're coming out with the C3 Media uh, sponsorship shirt, shirt, coming out with a bunch of people in the Ravencoin community that are that are going to be a part of this. It's going to be a pretty cool shirt. So if people wanted, people listening wanted to buy your book, what marketplaces are they available on? Oh, for sure. That's going to be on uh, Just NFTs, RV NFT, and Ravenist. And it looks like right now, the hot one right now that everyone's buying is on Ravenist. Interesting. Ravenist was the last platform I got into, but for me, I think it's the most mainstream one. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I just I just got into it this this weekend, um, or this past weekend, and I'm surprised that the, 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 the on ramp seemed a little quirky, but after you get through it, it's uh, it's cool. I'm I'm in, I'm plugged into the network, and we're good to go. So last question before we end this podcast, because I know we could probably go on forever, um, <laughs> is. Do you think women, and I shoot myself because I wish I would have asked this Jake this question, was do you think women belong in blockchain? Oh, for sure. Lissa, come on. That's the reason why I'm having you host this, this podcast. You know, I believe I believe in you. I believe in women. I believe women can do exactly what, what men can do in, in crypto. It's just I, I think women just need to just take a little more time to see what's truly going on here. Um, I'm not sure why there's a lack of women in crypto. I wish I knew the answer, but that's why I have you uh, as part as a partner here in C3 Media. I want you to investigate. I want you to find out what's going on because it's been so difficult for me to get women um, to to be a guest speaker on the podcast. I've had a few, but e- even then, it's like these women that I've had uh, on the podcast. They're more. Um, uh machismo you know they're more machismo women that are in very high profile uh leadership positions but i'm looking for like normal women mothers uh you know uh, a, a sister you know maybe an, uh, an elderly woman that's just getting into, i want to see that that's like the, the real people i want to see that in blockchain so i believe yeah absolutely for sure i want to see more women get in it there shouldn't be a reason why awesome. they're not I'm I'm glad that we kind of ended that here, and you know, thank you for giving me the opportunity and kind of believing in me and swooping me up under your wing and saying, "Hey, I believe in you, and you know, you can do this." And um, you know, a thousand times over, I appreciate mm-hmm. you, and um, I just hope that you know we can make things happen. So, right. thank you so much for being my uh, third victim or volunteer. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Thank you, thank you. Um, I, I guess that's pretty much it. I, I, I check out our website, c3media.tech. That's uh, that's a decentralized website. It's in the current uh, it's it's in the current state of being revamped. Uh, I did get a chance to look at it just earlier today. Um, it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, with that said, uh, actually, let me do the close out right. That's what I need to do. Ah, listen, yeah. you make me nervous. Ah. Oh, why don't I make you, I shouldn't make you nervous. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's, let's wrap this up. With that said, Cryptonauts, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you give a big thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, and I love comments, so leave plenty of comments.
And of course, share, share, share. If you want to take it to the next level, you can definitely help donate to us, to the C3 Media platform uh, with your crypto of choice. Obviously, let's see where we at. Um, uh, da, 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 there we go. Switch over here. We and got a zillion, guys. There's a zillion. <laughs> no, yeah. just kidding. Bitcoin, <laughs> Ethereum, BNB, Raven, Bat, Litecoin, Flux, Monero, USDC, GUSD, Dai, Dogecoin, SNX, Cake. I love Cake. Cell, Stellar, and Matic. Obviously, there's our website links there at YouTube, Discord, Twitter, Patreon, and our website. All in the link in the description below. Coin Tree slash C3 Media. With that said, Cryptolissa, close us out. Stack, stacks, and huddle. Adios. <laughs> Adios.